This is WSKG News. I'm Brent Fox. Today is Juneteenth, a holiday that commemorates the emancipation in 1865 of enslaved African Americans and celebrates black culture today. Around the time that the last enslaved people were freed in Texas, there were black Americans settling, farming, and raising families in the Adirondacks. Some scholars and local leaders have been digging deeper in that history and working to make the Adirondacks a more welcoming and diverse place today. Emily Russell reports. For most of America's history as a nation, black people have either been enslaved or oppressed. By the 19th century, slavery was abolished in the North, but there were still white Northerners who owned slaves, and all freed black people lacked basic human rights. Even in the North, many black people experienced severe discrimination. In the 1840s, a man named Garrett Smith set out to change that. He owned 120,000 acres of land in the Adirondacks. By giving away parcels of that land to black American men, those men could then gain the right to vote. Paul Smith's professor, Kurt Steger, has been researching black history in the Adirondacks. He recently presented some of those findings to the Adirondack Park Agency. The basic idea was to bring people of diverse backgrounds onto the land to live together and build communities out of mutual respect as neighbors and facing common challenges, which I think actually fits the theme of the Adirondack Park now as well. But it was uh, much more ambitious back then. That ambitious settlement became known as Timbuktu. Steger has been plotting where exactly those black settlements were in the Adirondacks. He showed the APA maps of those plots around the region. At least half of North Elba and much of St. Armand was black owned in the 1850s. There's the town of Franklin with Vermontville and uh, Bloomingdale just below it and all the way up to Loon Lake and beyond up into Belmont. So it was huge. About half of this landscape was Black-owned. Life in the Adirondacks was not easy back then, especially for Black people. Many eventually moved out of the area, but some stayed and raised their families in the Adirondacks. There are descendants of that Timbuktu settlement still in the region today. Another aspect of Steger's research has focused on place names. He explained to the APA about learning of an offensive name of a brook just north of Saranac Lake. Years ago, I was in Onchiota. The red star shows uh, the Paul Smith's College property. And I was talking to a friend who said, oh, that little brook right there, that's called N-Word Brook. I thought, wow, that's not only offensive, but mysterious. How could that happen in a place like this? Steger believes the brook was named for the skin color of a dozen or so black families that lived in the area. So he and some other folks worked to change that name. They got support from students, faculty, and staff at Paul Smith College, as well as the Vermontville Town Council and county officials. They wrote to the U.S. Board on Geographic Names and were successfully granted permission to change the name to John Thomas Brook. Thomas was one of the first settlers of Timbuktu. He later sold his original plot of land, but moved back to the Vermontville area with his family. Thomas bought 150 acres of land where he grew vegetables and raised cows and sheep. John Thomas spent the rest of his days in Vermontville, and he's buried in Union Cemetery, that quiet little cemetery you drive past on Route 3 heading for Plattsburgh, zipping past, not even thinking about it. He's right in there, and so is his wife. The work to educate the public and celebrate the legacy of black settlers and abolitionists in the Adirondacks is ongoing. Martha Swan also spoke at the recent APA meeting. Swan is the founder and executive director of John Brown Lives, a project named after the legendary white abolitionists who owned a farm near Lake Placid. Through this work, 
that others have done and that we've done together, I have begun to believe in the unifying potential of our history, the unifying potential of rolling up our sleeves, digging deep into the horrors, the terrors, the tragedies, the violence, the crime of so much of our history. Swan helped organize the Juneteenth celebration at the John Brown Farm. Then in August, the farm is planning to host a long table dinner and discussion with leading scholars such as Nell Painter. The event is an effort to bring together diverse people and perspectives to talk about the history and the future of the Adirondack Park. Reporting in Saranac Lake, I'm Emily Russell.